Welcome to Activate, a podcast for mobile marketers brought to you by Remerge. Take a short break from your screen and listen to what's working in mobile marketing and what's not, straight from the people who are doing it now. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Aptivate brought to you by Remerge. I'm your host, Maria, and this March, we're continuing to celebrate Women's History Month here on the podcast, where I'll be speaking with women in marketing to share their experiences, their advice, and their approach to marketing and their own careers. I'm very excited for today's episode as I'll be speaking with Michelle Lerner, who is the Director of Business Development at Branch. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to be recording with you again. Oh, yeah, we did our webinar like last year, the year before. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are again. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, I guess to kick us off and just introduce yourself to everyone listening in, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the mobile industry? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm originally from Sacramento, California, but went to school out in Pennsylvania, came back to California after I graduated right in the middle of a recession. So I was like, okay, let me find like any job that will hire me. And I actually started out as an office manager at an agency, but it was back in 2008 where like digital was kind of getting off the ground. Social advertising wasn't even a thing. So it was traditional print and direct mail and signage. So that's where I started as the office manager there. And fortunately was able to work my way up. I actually started out like my actual career in um, account management. So I was more on the client services side of things. So I stayed there for a while, but saw the opportunity in San Francisco to be part of the tech world. So I moved over to a company called Vitru, which was uh, content relationship management since before Facebook and Twitter and all those guys were pay to play. It's all organic. You can learn a lot about your fans and the analytics and things that they did. So I was account management there, stayed there for a bit, and then really was getting the itch to move back to the East Coast. So I moved to New York, bopped around to a couple different tech companies, and then ended up actually on the ad tech side of things, still with like social media platforms. And that's when I actually moved over to API Partnerships, which is kind of the role that I'm in today with business development and partnerships. I was kind of over being on the advertising side of things. And I got really excited about the opportunity at Branch to be on the mobile measurement side of things. The biggest thing for me was everyone had no idea how to do this multi-channel attribution, multi-platform attribution, but people just seemed to be okay with that. And that really boggled my mind. And then coming to Branch, I was like, wow, someone actually solved for it. This is super valuable. And I've been there almost three years and I oversee business development in North America. That's awesome. So starting out in 2008, I have to imagine that you've probably seen, well, also going from traditional media to now, you know, app, which is probably at the forefront of like what is most relevant right now. I have to imagine you've seen a lot of things change probably within the workplace. So can you talk a little bit about what is different in terms of the people that you've been working with and even just technology as a whole, but I think more so the breakdown between male, female, and how that's kind of changed since then. Yeah, absolutely. I will say that branch is probably like 
best place I've worked so far in terms of diversity and inclusion. We have goals that we try to hit as a company. We always compare ourselves to other tech companies in the business to make sure we're hiring the right talent that's diverse, both male and female, both with people of color, and trying to really make sure that we do have a diverse set of people coming to work every single day because that just helps us be better. Like we love to hear about other points of view. We love to make sure everybody has a voice. And I will say that's not always the case at every place that I've experienced in my career. I think in previous roles at various companies, I found that as a woman specifically, I never really was urged to use my voice. It was kind of like, okay, you're here, but you're either too junior or you're too loud or you get frustrated. And it was always really funny feedback to hear that because I think as a woman, we're always kind of told to be put in this little box of like, okay, well behave. But I don't think the opposite of that being having a voice and making sure you're heard is misbehaving. So I always was really confused by that type of feedback and always like that perception of women to be to behave. So I I think at, at Branch, which I feel very lucky to be surrounded by male and female counterparts that let me have a voice and allow me to, you know, voice my opinion, bounce ideas back from one another. I think it's also just a testament to the leadership at Branch for building such a great culture there. But yeah, it's interesting to kind of see the dynamic shift as I move up in my career and finally am allowed to really portray the things that I want to. Yeah. And I mean, do you think that it's, it comes with experience or do you feel it was be more the environment? So you mentioned before when you were someone more junior, you were hesitant to speak up. I think we've all felt that way. But do you feel that now that you're in a more senior leadership position, is that why you feel more confident or is it the environment that Branch has fostered? I think it's a little bit of both. I think like the confidence and experience kind of comes from just learning that when you have a seat at the table, it's because you're supposed to be there. I think before, I think we all suffer with from imposter syndrome. Branch actually did. We worked with Movable Inc. and we had a whole webinar and uh, women's group talk about imposter syndrome and what that really looks like. And so many women experience that in the workplace. But I kind of came to understand that if I am here and I am being obviously put here for a reason, I was hired for a reason, or I'm in this meeting for a reason, it's because they see value in what I'm bringing to the table. But it did take a long time to find that confidence and really not even convince myself, but sometimes we just don't think, we don't believe that that's that to be true. But it took a while to really think like, this is actually why I am here. So let me make the best of it and make sure that I'm adding value the way that my colleagues know that I can and should. Right. Was there anyone in particular that supported you, like a mentor that kind of allowed you to feel this way or you know, was it something else? Because I would have to imagine there were probably influential people that you've worked with that encouraged you to speak up. Yeah, actually, my first boss that I ever had when I was at the traditional advertising agency back in the day, she was a strong female leader. And she always led with, hey, here's what I'm going to say. And made sure that at among a table of men, she was heard. And I always kind of looked up to her for that, for 
kind of having the guts. I mean, it shouldn't have to be like a bravery thing. Like we should just be able to show up and do our thing. But I was like, wow, like she's really bold and she really has that confidence to really put like put up with all these men in this industry. And I always think about her before I go into a meeting and I'm like, okay, well, what would Eliza do right now? And, you know, I do my little power stance and I'm like, all right, let me channel that energy from back in the day. But I think at branch, like definitely the leadership is like build this community of people who are able to speak their minds and support one another. So it definitely comes from the top down, but I feel really fortunate that my boss at branch, like he and I, even yesterday just spent like almost an hour on the phone, just bouncing ideas back and forth towards one another and talking through some things. And it just feels really natural. And it feels nice to like have an environment where I feel comfortable to do those things. Yeah. I mean, cause it's, that's not always easy <laughs> to feel encouraged to do that, especially working in an environment that might be more male dominated, especially when your manager, he's male and you want to feel comfortable sharing things with him. I know there's certainly times where you might feel like, oh, well, he won't understand this, but it sounds like he's been super encouraging for you. Even when you and I were were speaking beforehand, I know you had mentioned he has kind of helped to empower you in some ways. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it comes to down to like, me taking initiative and just jumping in and just grabbing projects. And like, he is great. And it's like, yeah, go for it, run with it. And I think the more that I did that, like, and continued to prove myself, he continued to support me in that way. But I think a lot of it too, is just working with somebody like Eric, who he has an open mind. And like, I feel very fortunate because not a lot of, you know, people in leadership will take the time to like sit and learn and understand like what it means when I think someone's mansplaining or what it means when I'm feeling that imposter syndrome kind of creeping up. So it's nice to have a boss who's kind of like that gut check, but also is open to really understanding and learning about what the environment is like for women. And, you know, I feel kind of fortunate because he has two daughters. So he's like, all right, like, I want to make sure that I'm living in a world that is good for them too. But it is like, he's definitely done a great job of like helping foster my confidence and find my voice, especially like at branch. So I'm very fortunate for that. But I know like not everybody has had that great of an experience. So I think like I've been in situations where I haven't had that support. And for me, that was really challenging, but something that I found was always really helpful was like continuing to like be my own advocate, because if you don't have someone in leadership or a boss or a colleague or a mentor, that's going to do that, you're going to have to be your own advocate. And for me, that just meant like, keep showing up and keep like fighting the good fight. And even if I was kind of getting knocked down, it was like, just if, as long as you're continuing to add value, show, like get your work done, show up bring ideas to the table and do the things that you were meant to do in that scenario, no one can really say otherwise. So I think what you and I were talking about before was really this idea of setting boundaries. And it's not just interpersonal boundaries. I think it's boundaries that you you set everywhere with yourself, with your colleagues, with even just outside of work, but understanding like, hey, I'm going to show up and I expect you to listen and to engage with me because I am here and I do know what I'm talking about. Exactly. Having the confidence is huge. So you are also in a management position. How have you been able to follow suit and also encourage that on your team, whether it's with female or male direct reports? Yeah, absolutely. I always tell my direct reports, like, I'm not going to claim to know how to do 
this the right way or the best way. And I always want to learn from my employees just as I would hope that they learn something from me. And I want to foster that environment of inclusivity and openness and willingness to share and debate and talk through things because I think that's hugely important. Like I said, I I don't claim to know everything (laughs) and I don't claim to know how to do the, the things the right way. So if I ask one of my direct reports, like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, is there a better way we could do this? Can we be more efficient? And they more often than not will come to the table with an idea that we might not have thought of before. And that's hugely valuable. And then also it helps foster them to become the best leaders that they can be. Because if we're continuing to push this idea of having a voice and inclusivity and identity in the workplace, then we're continuing to build the future of leadership that will continue to follow suit. I think there's always this perception and women put a lot of pressure on themselves, I think, to be perfect. And I love that you just brought up the fact that you're talking about being open with your team and showing vulnerability. I mean, I think that's, you're showing your authentic self. And I think that that's very important and super helps to be more relatable. What do you think we can be doing more like in the workplace to empower women kind of based on that, right? I think there's always that perception that Mm-hmm. We need to be doing everything right. We can't mess up. I know in my experience, like, yeah, I was always like so afraid to fail. But I, looking back at my career, I've learned the most when that's happened or when I've been outside of my comfort zone. And a lot of that has just like come with time. But maybe I would have gotten there sooner mm-hmm. had I been in an, an environment that would have allowed for that. It sounds like Branch is super open and does allow for that. So, What do you think we can do to empower women in the workplace or what does branch do currently? I know you mentioned some programs that are trainings that you've had. So just curious, like, yeah, what has been done for sure. So two thoughts on that. The first one is like, nobody is perfect. Perfection in my mind, it doesn't even exist because we all have our own thoughts of like what perfect is or should be. So it's really just this subjective thing that's kind of floating around that everyone's trying to chase, but like, If you're trying to chase perfection, you're just setting yourself up to fail every single time. So I think it's continuing to remind ourselves, remind our employees that perfection doesn't exist. All you have to do is just keep showing up and obviously like doing your best. I know that sounds really trite, but just continue to show up and get your stuff done. And that's going to enable us to succeed. And like the second part of that is failure, you can't succeed unless you fail. Like you have to be okay with failing. It's the same thing about being vulnerable and opening up to people in the workplace and showing up. You have to be okay with failing because that's like you said, that's when you learn the, the lessons. That's when you're challenged the most. And it's okay to change directions. If you're going in the wrong direction, why would you continue to push that when it might not yield the right results? So you know what? Wash your hands in it, learn from it and move on. And that's kind of the way that I think we can help foster this environment of not fearing failure, because I think so many people do. And I, I'm just like you, like I was in that boat for a very long time. And sometimes I still am like, oh, like your ego kind of gets in the way and you're like, I don't want to fail. And you know what? It's okay because failure shouldn't be such a negative thing. It shouldn't have such a negative connotation because that's where real growth and learnings come from. But like, as far as what we've done at Branch to help kind of prove that is, I know this might sound kind of silly, but a lot of it comes from transparency. And that comes from the top down. Like our 
CEO will go through, you know, slides that he's going to talk to the board about or show like an update about some a project that they're working on that no one kind of really knows about yet. And I think fostering that level of transparency also shows that like, okay, well, we tried this and it didn't work. So now we're going to try this and see if it does work. So really seeing the inner workings of what's happening at branch and what's working, what's not working allows us to kind of approach everything that we're doing at branch then the same in the same light like okay let's take a step back what's working what's not working if that's not working let's find out why and then we'll kind of shift so it's nice to have that kind of at the top down and then we also actually were taking part of a leadership like kind of leadership training courses with life labs i don't know if you've ever worked with life labs before but a lot of it was there was like a ic track and then there was a management track but the management track was really fascinating and like i learned a lot from there but a lot of like the biggest thing i learned is around like active listening because i think as managers and as leaders, we're always like, hey, why don't we try it like this? And instead of being like, what do you think we should do? And I think continuing to ask questions also will help people really get their footing and have a voice because then the more questions you ask, the more they feel like they'll be able to come forward and bring their opinion and thoughts to the table. I totally agree. Remerge is very similar where we have a very transparent environment. Similarly, our C-levels are presenting slides to us that they share with the board. Like there's really not a lot that is secretive. And I think, you know, even working here for me has allowed me to change as a person because you see that your ideas are valued because people are sharing and being so vulnerable with you that it, it empowers you to want to speak up or whatever it might be. Whereas I worked at a, a larger company before and I was always kind of hesitant to speak up because I always felt like there were so many smarter people than me in the room, which again, kind of goes back to that imposter syndrome that we mentioned. And that's a good thing though. There should be smarter people in the room, <laughs> like, but that doesn't mean that your voice doesn't need to be heard. So. Yeah. A thousand percent. Like it's great to have that feeling of, Hey, there's really smart people around me. So let me go talk to them and learn from them versus let me just sit here in silence and kind of let them run the show, which there's a time and a place. There's going to be smart people everywhere you work. And they also have a seat at the table for a reason. But I like what you said, where instead of just like feeling like we don't have a spot at the table or seat at the table, or we're not able to say our voice like loud and clear, like let's learn from the people around us. Cause I think that continues to provide just this environment of continuing to have like an open dialogue. And I think that's the key, I think is really around communication and having an open dialogue and fostering this culture to be able to have an open mind and speak your mind and bring forth new ideas to the table and also have that be received. Cause it kind of has to be it has to go two ways because you can't just kind of yell into an echo chamber. Nothing's going to get done. So it's nice to kind of have that type of environment like you have at Remerge and I have at Branch that it's like a reciprocated two-way conversation. And that I think in turn helps really empower people, especially women in the workplace who might be suffering from the same type of imposter syndrome that so many of us have struggled with. Yeah. I mean, I think it's working for companies that understand that you're human and there is a much larger personal aspect <laughs> of your life. Like it's not just about work. What in your personal life do you think has also allowed you to be this way? Because I have to imagine work is only a certain portion of our lives, right? So how has your like personal life and like that environment allowed for you to, you know, continue to build that confidence? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a runner. Me too. 
Are you? I didn't know that about you. All right, well, we'll have to run. I'll have to go on a run along the West Side sometime soon. I know. Have you run any uh, marathons? I've run New York twice and San Francisco once. They're both equally as challenging one another in different ways. But yeah, I think having that like internal drive to continue to push yourself, like, look, I'm not out here winning any races. I'm not winning any medals here. But I do think like having that discipline to kind of get up every day in the morning and go bang out a couple miles helps not just like push you and motivate you, but for me, and I'm sure for you too, as runners, it like calms the brain. It's like, let me settle all my thoughts for the day. And then you can kind of get to work and start off fresh. But I will say like, sometimes it is kind of a struggle, like trying to fit everything in, especially with jobs in tech where there really is no off button, especially with like global companies like ours, you're kind of all over the place and dealing with people in different time zones. So I think like the working from home has been kind of a, a blessing in that way where you can get your things done, but also maybe block out time like in the afternoon instead to like go on a quick run versus like first thing in the morning. So I think, but either way, like making sure you have that time to do the things that you love, it's huge. And it needs to be said that a work-life balance is really the only way that you're going to succeed in both like work and life and not to kind of skimp on that self-care because it is important. Like I couldn't imagine not getting up and running every single day. I think I would be such a terrible person to work with and for if that were the case. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but I don't know. I feel like making time for yourself is, is huge and it often gets overlooked. But if you think of life at like a macro level, We work in tech and yes, it's important and we show up every day and we do what we need to do, but you're yourself, you're going to be with yourself like longer than any relationship that you have working otherwise. So got to take care of that body. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm the same way. I'm like, if I don't do something in the morning to get myself started, I know I just have a horrible day and it's like, or even throughout the day, it's like, you need to take time for yourself, whether it's working out, reading, journaling, whatever it might be just to kind of have that escape. Because yeah, I mean, even in today's day and age where we're all working from home, we work for global companies, there is not, there aren't a lot of boundaries. How do you like set boundaries between work, personal life, and also even thinking about like setting boundaries between male colleagues and things like that? I think it's just setting expectations because as long as you're like communicating your needs or what you need or what you're doing, people are receptive to that. It's kind of like if you were just to leave in the middle of the day and like not update your Slack status or not let anyone know where they could reach you, people probably would freak out. But if you say, hey, I'm just going to take a quick hour and I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to read my book because I need to just kind of reset and then I'll come back to work even stronger. I think that makes such a bigger impact in like the most positive way possible than forcing yourself to sit through work and not having those breaks. Cause I mean, I know for myself and I'm sure other people can relate, like my quality of work will go down drastically if I don't at least just step away. And then sometimes you step away and you get like a fresh perspective on things. Like I do that with the New York times crossword puzzle, which I'm just starting to get into. And I'm like awful at, but I can kind of do Monday and Tuesday, but there's sometimes where I'm just like looking at it. I'm like, all right, I'm not getting any more to this, but then I pick it up like either in like 30 minutes or the next day. And I'm like, Oh, actually I can get a lot more of these. So your brain needs that time to reset. That's the best example. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you can relate. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, you just have a totally different mindset. And that's like the perfect example working on a puzzle 
And then you come back to it and you're like, boom, 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 boom. And you finish it like so quickly. (laughs) Absolutely. Like that's how the brain works. Like she needs some time to recoup. So kind of give your body that and let yourself kind of have that balance. But the way to do it is like you said, like setting those boundaries and just communicating your needs. And even with male colleagues, you could say, hey, like, especially for people who are like new moms or dealing with things in like their personal lives, just say, hey, like I need an hour or I just need to get this stuff done. And then I can come back to you and we can reschedule our meeting or whatever. Just don't be afraid to ask for the things that you need because the worst thing is that someone could say no, but at least you can ask. And then you can just say, Hey, this is kind of what I need. I'm setting my boundaries here. And then everyone's going to be better off for it in the long run, for sure. No, definitely. I think like setting boundaries is huge. And also just being, I think it goes back to transparency, right? Be transparent with your coworkers about what your needs are and what's going to make you the best employee that you can be. It doesn't matter what that is, but I think people appreciate when you are transparent with them, when you are honest and you can show them that you are a human being and we have certain needs. (laughs) That's for sure. Absolutely. And it's funny, like as we kind of talk through like everything that kind of summarize everything that we spoke through. It's like any relationship that you have with yourself, with your significant other, with work. It all kind of comes down to like being transparent, setting boundaries, communicating. Like there's a common thread as like humans need in any type of relationship. So work really shouldn't be any different. Like we should be able to still feel like we're, you know, being validated at work and still feeling like we're being heard at work because we spend a lot of time there. We need to make sure that we're seeing positive like outcome on, on everything that we're kind of, what we're doing. What advice would you give to women when it comes to defining career goals? I think just not being afraid to ask for the things that you want. I think just continue to show up, ask for the things you want and you need, and just continue to like shut down that inner voice that says, I'm not supposed to be here, or I'm not good enough, or I can't do this. Because you already were hired for this job, or you already were invited to this meeting, or you already signed up for this race, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, just show you gotta up. Do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One foot in front of the other. Like people always ask me, how do you run marathons? I'm literally like one foot in front of the other. But it's the same in any situation, just show up, put one foot in front of the other and know that you are here to accomplish something and that people around you aren't thinking the same things about you as you are like, especially in like that negative voice inside your head. Like most likely you are the only one that is thinking about that. And I've been in situations at work where that voice has been my demise, where like I was laid off from a company and there was like a whole lot of different reasons from it. But I found myself being like so relieved because I just wasn't myself. I was feeling so just like not confident and and not feel, I felt like that imposter syndrome. I really felt as like, I don't belong here. And when you convince yourself that, then there really isn't a lot of coming back from that. So continue to show up and push those thoughts down because women are just as important as any other member of, of the workforce. And we have to continue to prove that. I totally agree. And you bring up a good point because you're talking about like imposter syndrome, but there are there could be situations where you don't belong in a certain situation. And I think it's understanding when it's toxic versus when it's self-sabotaging, right? Like, okay, am I the one that's 
that is being negative about myself or is it the actual environment that I'm in and do I need to remove myself from that environment? And I think that can also be a challenge for women is identifying that, right? Because I think a lot of times you have negative thoughts about yourself and let's, we're our own worst critic. It's not going to be others, but when do you kind of identify that and identify the difference? Yeah. Like if you're showing up every day and someone is really just like beating you down, like there's no reason for that. Like there's no need for that in your purse. Like you wouldn't in your personal life, you wouldn't stick with a friend who is just constantly like, you're not good enough or like pushing you around or forcing you to do things that are out of your comfort zone in a negative way. So the same thing should go for work. We shouldn't have to tolerate these situations where we're not feeling valued and we're not feeling empowered. So my advice there is get out (laughs) because the longer you stick it out, like the more miserable you're going to be. And then you'll be just doing yourself a disservice by missing out on opportunities where you can be praised in the right way and you can be valued. And that's huge. Definitely. I'd have to agree there. (laughs) Yeah. Also like just have the confidence to know, like being self-aware is obviously a really tough thing to kind of conquer, but continue to just check in with yourself and say like, okay, is this me or is this other person who's causing me this grief? And you'll know pretty quickly the difference between one or the other. Are there certain people that you turn to when you're ever having those those thoughts or feelings? Yeah, I do talk to my boss at Branch a lot, probably more than he wants me to just like show up and just voice my opinions. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, we we chat a lot. He like just is great when it comes to these type of things. He's like the Michelle Whisperer, I probably swear. But we have a really great relationship and I feel like I can kind of approach him with, with a lot of different things. So I feel fortunate in that way. But I do have like a handful of colleagues too that we always like support one another and have this great support system. So I feel really fortunate to have that. But yeah, I also continue to check in with that first boss that I had that I mentioned before, like she is still an important person in my life. And we, you know, chat every now and then. And she's also actually the one that got me into running. So I definitely owe a lot to her for sure. But having like both male and female mentors really, really does help. I think having that, it's kind of the same reason why we hire such a diverse group of people Like you kind of want to have different points of view, because if you're just talking to someone who has the same point of view, then you kind of just get riled up in in that like, viewpoint and can't really see anything else. And that's also having that tunnel vision isn't great either. Yeah. Having different perspectives. It's hard too, right? Because you want, I think you always want to like agree with others and make things work. But I found that like, I've worked the best with people that are complete opposites of me. I'm definitely more on the sales side, personable, can connect with people well, not really big on like data analysis or anything like that. And it's like, (laughs) People with those mindsets, like I end up working so well with them because it's like they're filling in the gaps for the areas where I know mm-hmm. I'm a little bit weaker. <laughs> yeah, that's how you learn. And that's how you grow. Like if everybody continues to learn from one another, we're just going to get better. Like we're all like trying to, we're all on the same team trying to like lift everybody around us up. Because if the companies we work for succeed, then we all succeed. And we have you kind of always have to keep that in mind. Like just continue to lift the people around you up. Because I think especially as women, we find that there's so many women who are just putting other women down or not being able to lift other women up. And I think having that, even if you have like a coworker or a friend or whatever, who's kind of in that scenario is just ask them like, Hey, why do you feel like you need to do this? And kind of just push it back on them because it's usually has nothing to do with you. 
But if we can continue to lift other women around us up, then we're all just going to be better for it. I like that. That's very true. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today, Michelle. It was great. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Yeah, this was great. Kind of hearing about your experiences and how you've been successful at Branch and what has kind of allowed for that. Love hearing about your mentorship and then also just hearing about how you kind of utilize aspects of your personal life running, for example, (laughs) to take care of that. So thank you again for joining. Really appreciate it. For our listeners, today's guest is Michelle Lerner from Branch. Michelle, it's a pleasure. I hope we can do this again soon. Yeah, me too. This is great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for taking a break with us and listening to our weekly episode of Activate by Remerge. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. The more people you tell, the further we can spread these awesome mobile marketing insights. See you next week.